Welcome, this is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 61 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Our episode today is about implementing and promoting a speak-up culture. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining me today on Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, a podcast focused on the legal and compliance industry. Before we get started, I wanted to remind everyone about the ethics and compliance services we offer at my law firm, the Volkoff Law Group. The Volkoff Law Group provides practical solutions for companies to design, implement, and manage ethics and compliance programs. We conduct ethics and compliance risk and program assessments based on your company's unique needs in order to ensure maximum value while efficiently utilizing limited resources. Our risk and compliance program assessments reflect the expectations and standards set forth by the U.S. Department of Justice and the Securities and Exchange Commission, for an effective compliance program. Our services include not only risk and compliance program assessments, but compliance program testing and audits, recommendations for specific actionable improvements and proposed implementation timelines, presentation of findings to appropriate senior leadership or other stakeholders, and of course, protection of attorney-client privilege of any findings uh, that are conducted during the assessment. If interested, feel free to reach out to me at mvolkoff at volkofflaw.com or call me on my cell phone, 240-505-1992. Well, thank you for joining me today. And uh, today I thought we would spend time on how you Im- embed and how you promote uh, a speak-up culture. And let's talk about what do we mean by speak-up culture just to get started. Uh, To me, we go back to the old phrase of sunshine is the best disinfectant. And what we're trying to encourage is a two-way communications uh, system that is trustworthy and that is viewed as reliable and viewed as uh, responsive where people feel that they can communicate concerns and that they will be heard and there will be responses from leadership and within the organization. Um, leadership and the organization have to commit to trust and integrity. And one important way to do that is to develop a, a speak-up culture where uh, responses are her, are list, I mean, where there is um, good communication, where you hear, where you listen, and where there are good responses back from leadership and the organization itself uh, built around a system of controls that Uh, demonstrate your commitment to trust and integrity. We want to always encourage reporting misconduct because we want to know about problems that we may have and that we have to fix. Um, So we want to create a system where the employees know we're going to respond, there's going to be a no-tolerance policy for uh, retaliation, and our response is going to be effective. We're going to fix a problem and address their concerns. So how do you communicate and embed that culture? Well, you target your communications uh, first just to get the message out, and then you build a system of trustworthiness and controls around it. But targeting your communications, all levels are important. It's important to embed your culture and your business at every uh, part of it, not just tone at the top and commitment of corporate leadership, but your mood in the middle. How do you reinforce culture to middle managers and employees? How do you make in, in uh, embolden or 
promote your middle managers so that they can promote the message and also encourage communication to them. And your buzz at the bottom. What are employees and managers responsible for day-to-day -day administration of your policies saying? I always remember at one company where there was a survey result to a training program and the employee wrote uh, anonymously said, um, I understand about our culture, I understand what our ethical values and principles are, but I need to know more about how it applies to my day-to-day -day job. And that is exactly what we're trying to do, is to make it relatable to other uh, people at every level of the company. So we start with leadership, obviously, at tone at the top, and uh, it's a weird phrase, but nonetheless uh, communicates an idea, which is that there is a, a communication system, a promotion of the idea of uh, commitment to trust and integrity. Public statements by a CEO and or your, your chairperson of the board or board members, which show that there or demonstrate that there are visible, there is a visible and active commitment to your compliance program. So, for example, speeches, uh, industry conferences externally, internally written statements, internal newsletters, training messages, new hiring orientation, which is something I always like to see uh, the higher up the individual to meet with a group of new uh, hires, the better, and trying to embed your corporate culture at all levels. But I always say talk is cheap, but the real way to demonstrate your culture is by conduct. And the CEO and the board chairman and board members have to take ownership of the ethics and compliance issue and demonstrate their commitment to it by their own conduct. If you have misbehavior at the board or, or senior executive level, that's going to hurt your company and hurt the integrity of your company. So uh, we always want to have though, uh, an adoption and a communication of a separate statement of business values and integrity principles that's short, sweet, to the point, doesn't have tw you know, 25 principles that we adhere to, but make it short and sweet. Um, and I like to see those types of statements that come from the CEO, come from the board chairman or the board, and to say, These are, this is the culture that we uh, offer. The benefits of a speak-up culture are very well known. You, uh, you want to look to, uh, and these are kind of measures that you can use, increased rates of reporting, reduced rates of misconduct, increased employee productivity, you're reducing employee turnover, and your decrease in actual and reputational risks or harm to the company. And ultimately, in my argument, my position is, and the research shows, that you increase your company profits. And uh, it, not to say that you make your company profitable, but you make more money than you would otherwise make. So our essential principles are equal expectations at all levels of the company for an ethical commitment. Um, you want to reward your ethical culture. You want to provide incentives for participation. Um, you want to make sure there's leadership communication. And some basic principles. One, transparency. Two, timeliness. Three, fairness and equal justice. Organizational justice is our uh, ultimate principle here in our Speak Up culture. And once we have an organizational justice set of principles, we're able then to promote those and then make sure that these controls work. So 
some of the key action steps that I see in managing your culture is to assess, monitor, and manage your culture. And I and when I say that, I don't mean a, as a part of a risk assessment or whatever. I want people to focus more and more on what is your ethical culture and develop quantitative and qualitative metrics around that. So, for example, some quantitative uh, metrics may be, um, for example, your... Uh, survey results that are directed just at um, these types of questions. And these don't have to be uh, piggybacked on annual um, employee surveys or biannual employee surveys. Uh, what I want to see is more uh, focused on, let's say, a specific area, a specific um, uh, division, a specific uh, office, a specific uh, country of operation. Um, these are ways to check on your culture. Um, I look at training and your training program to make sure that people are being trained, they're completing training, and that they're learning the, the ideas that you're trying to, uh, to, to uh, do. You, uh, we want to make sure that there is training in that sense. And the ratio of your uh, compliance staff to your employees, uh, your trends over time, and your hotline reports, do people feel comfortable reporting? or not. And qualitatively, uh, like I said, you have uh, you can do surveys, but those to me, I would turn those into quantitative metrics and use your uh, employee surveys to do that. But questions raised in your training, uh, check-ins with senior managers, these are qualitative type issues um, as well, and focus groups. Focus groups are very and a very important source in this uh, area. You want to promote the reporting of concerns. You want to advertise your hotline everywhere. You want to have. You don't want to have necessarily just one uh, hotline avenue. You want to uh, do as much as you can. You want to train your mid-level managers to receive and elevate concerns. How to handle when somebody comes in with a concern and how to elevate that. And I always say it's it's best to encourage people to report face to face. Uh, uh, walk-ins are always appreciated, be it an HR, be it your manager, um, and uh, but of course hotlines are available uh, at all times. And you really want to focus on your mid-level managers. Provide them with an ethics message. Provide them with talking points, and we, we help in this area and try to provide to uh, companies. Give them the tools and the responsibility to handle um, these concerns that come into them. And so make sure that they are addressing employees' concern as an organizational priority. There was always a, there's a, a survey that happened several, was conducted several years ago in which 60% um, uh, of mid-level managers reported that they didn't know how to handle a concern when an employee raised it. What are they supposed to do? When do they elevate it? Similarly, 60% of overall, peop, uh, overall employees want to report to their immediate supervisor because that's the person they deal with on a day-to-day -day basis and they want to make sure that they know uh, these concerns and, what the, and, uh, and get rewarded, in a sense, for raising these concerns. So like I said, in terms of measuring and reporting on your culture, there's surveys, there's focus groups, manager and employee surveys, uh, you know, survey your mid-level managers in terms of what they're seeing. Um, keep your questions to a minimum and make completion of the survey anonymous but and easy 
in terms of an online type of thing. It's invaluable information can be gathered at relatively uh, low cost. Some other proactive uh, interview strategies um, is to make sure that with HR you establish an exit interview program. It's a great way to find, uh, find out information. People are more willing to say things on their way out. Um, if you send them an electronic survey, probably about 30% will report um, and fill out the survey, but that's still valuable information. Uh, and so ultimately, my point in managing your culture and managing your speak up culture is to create a culture dashboard with metrics and to keep track of uh, important issues, and that this is going to be a part of your reporting relationship to the board or senior management about how the company is uh, doing with its ethics and compliance program. The problem with lack of reporting, when we don't see uh, robust rates of reporting, is that 60% apparently of misconduct is never reported. Of the remaining 40%, 85% of it usually gets reported to a supervisor and 15% gets reported to HR, legal, compliance. Most misconduct these days is recurring. It's not a signal incident, but it repeats. Um, and uh, observation rates vary by country. Uh, highest uh, in terms of observing misconduct, the highest occurs in emerging and developing markets, uh, Brazil, Mexico, uh, and uh, China um, and Russia. Employee reporting rates will increase by 50 to 60 percent in so-called ethical companies. A higher number of reports to me means this the program is working. And remember that the statistics show that companies with strong ethical cultures saw significant declines in their misconduct rates and that's an important, uh, an important thing. So what are your sources of misconduct reports in terms of taking that? Uh, we, the door uh, should always be open to hotlines. Obviously, uh, you're going to get hotlines, audits, emails, for example, on a hotline system, letters, uh, internal types of reporting. And web and telephone reporting is approximately 50 to 60 percent of concerns are communicated through that avenue. Anonymous reports, although you should allow anonymous reports, remember that they have a slightly lower substantiation uh, rate, but that doesn't mean that they're not valuable. Anonymous sources, and if you have a platform where you can communicate with the uh, anonymous reporter, you should always take that, um, uh, that opportunity to communicate and ask follow-up questions and try to learn as much information. Obviously, it's better if they disclose their identity, but if people aren't tr are, are troubled, uh, then they, they should, uh, if they're troubled by it, then, um, uh, um, then, they're, then they're worried uh, and they're troubled by it, uh, then they're not going to make that kind of report. And so they want to make sure that they have the anonymity. Your response to your complaints is your commitment to culture and action. You want to publicize, obviously, the avenues for complaint, hotlines, emails, account emails. You want to listen, investigate, and respond if warranted, and publicize your successes. When something gets fixed uh, in a way, you can try to make it, uh, as long as the information here with regard to successes, to discipline, which we'll talk about, 
is not singular in nature, another meaning that somebody can be identified, um, you want to publicize successes. You want to track and measure your complaints and your company response. Now, a lot of companies have considered and even some have implemented ombudsman to encourage complaints and fairness of the process, which is a whole separate office that is independent and that uh, has access to report concerns to the board or to the CEO or to the appropriate place. They can be, they're, they're a big investment in terms of time and energy, but they can be incredibly successful. Uh, and I've uh, participated in some and I've seen them operate uh, very effectively. You always want to make sure that whatever concerns you learn about and whatever uh, issues are validated or substantiated, that you turn that information back into program improvements. improvements. Spreading the word, uh, you want to make sure you communicate your proactive message, obviously encouraging reporting concerns and making sure that your system uh, responds to concerns. You want to spread talking points uh, among your company uh, leaders and managers to make sure that they have a consistent message. And you want to tailor the message to each function, such as sales, operations, manufacturing, logistics, and embed with your managers who are on the front line the tools that they, uh, that they need. And I've talked, to, talked a lot about that, and it really is an important point, rewarding your managers for their open-door policy. Leverage uh, the results of surveys to reward man managers who strengthen corporate culture. Make it a part of their obligation to do that. And try to survey uh, on the specific question. Would you feel comfortable reporting a concern to your uh, immediate supervisor or your manager? The confidential reporting and investigations are obviously very uh, important, and you want to keep a records. You want to measure and monitor the trends with regard to your investigations. Investigate appropriate complaints. Document your response, whether it included discipline or remediation, and apply your lessons learned to update your compliance program. Now, I've talked about organizational justice as a goal. People want to know what happened to their concerns, they, so you have to communicate. So a justice system uh, that is fair and consistent and includes a committee to review investigations and respond to manage the investigations part is essential. So you should always have legal, human resources, internal audit, uh, and uh, compliant, your chief compliance officer, your chief ethics officer, uh, should be on that. You should have a very detailed internal investigation protocol that's consistently followed, and you want to have that in writing, and you want to publicize that. You also want to make sure that your investigations uh, routine are, are completed within 60 to 90 days. Now, 80% of your hotline and your complaints are going to be HR-related, so you are going to have to work closely with HR, uh, and HR is going to obviously participate in this program because they handle the bulk of the internal investigations relating to uh, HR matters. You also uh, want to publicize um, your internal investigation program and your discipline and uh, in how you um, take these results you quickly investigate it, and then you come up with uh, results uh, in terms of monitoring the program. An effective internal investigation program depends upon robust oversight, transparency, measurement, prompt resolution, 
Uh, you communicate to those people who uh, complain and let them know what has happened. And uh, you don't have to tell them every blow by blow about the investigation, but you want to do that. You want to resolve the investigations and meet out discipline and then annually report on your uh, program. Uh, a lot of companies are doing that with sustainable uh, reports, sustainability reports as part of it to include that they have uh, an internal investigation program and that it's working. Always protect your whistleblowers and always communicate uh, throughout that you will not tolerate any retaliation against anybody who raises a concern. This to me is one of the most troubling issues. We've seen retaliation rates increasing which is not a good thing, and we want to make sure that this does not uh, continue because uh, this can seriously undermine your program. Uh, if you have whistleblowers or you have employees where there is um, uh, a, a retaliation against them. So you want to make sure that you identify whistleblowers, by the way, and encourage them um, and the whistleblower program at the SEC and other agencies are definitely gaining momentum, not just in the anti-corruption area. And it's important to develop and identify potential whistleblower complaints and investigate them as quickly as possible and design and publicize your commitment to justice for those whistleblowers. Have a special triage program where you may put them on a faster track because your concern is that they are going to go to the government. They are going to ultimately report it. You, again, want to train your managers on speak-up requirements, no tolerance of retaliation, reward employees who report, and train and support your managers to spread the word to employees. How do we get positive incentives for bonuses? Well, manager and employee evaluations uh, that are designed by HR should include a compliance and ethics component. But think about a bonus for uh, unusually positive ethical behavior. Um, think about the way that you can start to promote and reward those types of behaviors. Give out awards. Give out uh, bonuses. Uh, give out a, a monthly employee you know, ethical recognition um, and even weekly reminders and support for ethical behavior. Your commitment must be rewarded, and you want that commitment by employees to be rewarded and recognized. Obviously, I've always recommended a scheduling and ethics week for highlighting compliance and ethics activities with daily events. And, you know, make it fun. Have incentives, you know, their prizes or things like that, where people start to learn that the compliance and ethics function is not just people behind a wall who are acting as a sheriff, but people who are out involved in the business and involved in the company's culture and encouraging uh, with a positive message of this type of uh, behavior um, and this type of uh, positive relationship. We want to break down that wall to the ethics and compliance office and humanize the compliance staff. And we want to make clear that you're on the business's side to, to help the business to be successful and to make things happen. And you want to enlist the support of the board and the senior management to do that. Obviously, you use social media to promote compliance and you make it relevant to everyone's job. You don't want to be viewed as a sheriff and you don't want to ever be viewed as a Dr. No. Uh, because nobody will, will come to you. You have to be stressing uh, the positive side of life.
Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkoff Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. At ethical companies, employees believe in the company, they feel vested, and are more productive. As a result, misconduct rates are much lower and financial performance is higher. We can help you achieve these benefits through an effective ethics and compliance program. You can learn more about our commitment to effective ethics and compliance programs at our website, www.bolkoflaw.com, our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our podcast series. You can contact me at my email address, mvolkoff at bolkofflaw.com. Let us know how we can help you with your